I am recording. <laughs> okay, do you want to count us in? Okay, three, two, one. I was I was after you. I was literally late. Oh, okay, should we do it again? I don't know. Okay, go, okay. Three, two, one. I feel like I was late again, but I'll figure it out. It's fine. Okay, right. That's uh, because I have uh, dyspraxia, so I actually can't use my body. Right. Which makes life really hard sometimes. Okay. Okay. So, this is going to be so cringy. It is. But it's okay. It's fine. Um. <laughs> I mean, we were just saying like how it could, it this could be a sexist thing that we find it cringy. Like, is is it sexism that we feel we can't share our opinions? Yeah. Or is it just the making a podcast and saying, "Hi, welcome to the first episode of the In Hysterics podcast <laughs> with Freya Hyatt and Lucy Pierce." Is just fucking cringe. I don't know. True, true. But I mean, we are being funded to do this, so we can always just put like the the cringy blame on like the uni. It's it's, it's not us. It's them. Yeah, it is. It is. Um. So yeah, cringe aside, this is our first episode, and we're basically just going to be talking to each other about, I guess, sexism would be the broadest term. Misogyny. Misogyny is a lovely one. Yeah. I think internalized misogyny is like cherry on top for me gets thrown around a lot these days and i do love the drama of it i I do too do you know what's so funny as well it's taken us quite a while to actually start recording this episode we've been trying to do this for three weeks but then things kept coming up and we just couldn't do it for ages um and it's almost like now frenemies has ended like officially confirmed over it's like they had to die so that we could begin we're the new fren- frenemies oh my god <laughs> we're not even frenemies like <laughs> oh my god wait what should we call ourselves then just just friends did you just friend zone me oh i'm sorry <laughs> no we're we're friends professional colleagues oh my god, imagine. <laughs> imagine if someone's like yeah this is my co-host lucy you're like oh my god introducing me to somebody new because it's like yeah this is my co-host like you just want people to go co-host wow guys yeah. what are you co-hosts of you're so interesting oh my gosh <laughs> you're not like other girls that, that should be like uh like a character that we both like portray in this <laughs> like they're not like other girls which yeah. arguably the whole concept of that i'm not like other girls kind of girl might as well be misogynistic yeah technically everything's misogynistic the fact that like we live in a patriarchy i think so many things just do have underlying sort of sexist tones just because we live in a patriarchy that like everything's sort of everything's sort of touched the the toxic patriarchy a little bit if that makes sense yeah every like everything is ruined by it a bit yeah and that's like where the whole name for this podcast even came from like hysteria is just a sexist word like it is just ingrained it is a word that refers to something that is just comes from patriarchy comes from sexism comes from misogyny comes from an absolute disregard of the, of women's medical health um and comes and is just so focused on kind of like control yeah and that whole time period of like women essentially being like maids you know when they were when mm. they were wives and also like that sort of undertone of hysteria that 
sort of the sexual nature of the cures that like it was almost like a way of forcing sexuality onto women and not making sexuality something that's owned by someone that it's like almost that the men controlled their sexuality yeah rather than women controlling their own sexuality that is just yeah give put, yeah. put shivers down my spine yeah and i think hysteria now like because you, you can use that word and i feel like i've i've heard that word mostly describing young girls who like boy bands like you'll hear that word to describe the crowd outside a yeah. One Direction concert, or like you know you would have yeah. six years ago. But that's to me is like the perfect description of like the way we use the word hysteria now. Yeah, and and also that like um, people use the term hysterical quite a lot to describe like uh, laughing or a great enjoyment of something, which I find kind of weird. That it's sort of like the the definitions moved from this sexist term to just mean, like, oh, I'm in hysterics, like I'm laughing, like, yeah, that's weird. But it's almost <laughs> like a, a psychotic thing, isn't it? It's like it's crazy, like you're crazy, you're laughing so hard, hmm. you're just so crazy. Yeah, like that's really where it came from. Is like this idea of like women being mentally ill, like that's literally <laughs> what hysteria meant. Like any kind yeah. of female thing that wasn't a physical problem was hysteria. So now we kind of get into this whole thing of like, oh well, you know, well these words don't really mean that anymore. It just means something's really funny and it's like kind of crazy and like, oh, I'm laughing so hard I can't breathe. I'm in absolute hysterics. But it it is still kind of derogatory language because mm, the word itself came from a Greek word for uterus, which was yeah. hystera. So it is essentially like a, a direct female word something that is inherently considered female or inherently considered woman even though it might not necessarily be that way for everyone like that is just such a biological way to use that word which is when you actually really think about it it's just it's just as much as it's like clearly sexist it's also just weird like it's just such a weird like they they were think they were finding this condition in women like this bullshit condition in women or female people and they were just like, oh, well, it's obviously just like a woman thing, you know. Uh, so uterus, I guess. They all got those. That must be what's causing it. That their, their uterus is making them all crazy. So we'll call it hysteria because that's what the Greeks call the uterus. Like, <laughs> so bizarre. It, it, I, I find it so weird that, like they didn't just go, oh, maybe men and women just experience things differently and they they portray their emotions differently. Like, why wouldn't you go down that route? Because to me, that makes so much more sense. Because, like, you know that, I think you mentioned, like, ages ago, you said something about the fact that there was that link to, like, the wandering uterus or something, that, like, people genuinely believed that your uterus could, like, move and go to a different part of your body. Yeah. Like... Why would you not just assume that it was, like, stomach pain or something else? Yeah. Or just something logical? Not that your uterus could walk around <laughs> your body. Like, it's so stupid. It was like, it was like, um, so before we start going off on this tangent, I will just say, like, 
this is going to be the focus of the episode, I think, just sort of discussing like hysteria and lobotomies and that kind of medical bias. But um, yeah, what you're talking about with the wandering uterus, I was reading about when we did our research session, when mm-hmm. we planned the proposal, and it was like, I can't remember it now, because I, t- I couldn't find the link again, but it was like the idea that like when women would complain of physical pain um, in sort of like, most of this hysteria lobotomy craze was kind of like late 18th or late 19th and early 20th century um so you're thinking like 1850s to 1960s sort of time I think um but yeah so this wandering uterus thing was basically like if a woman said oh my shoulder hurts or my knee hurts or my foot hurts they'd be like oh it's wandering uterus like they'd literally think that the uterus had like gone up and floated up to your shoulder and that's why it was hurting like that any time a woman has an issue it's a woman thing you know yeah it was so mad but i've just i've just found the thing that the the like the thing you, i think you might have read the egyptians attributed the behavioral disturbances to a wandering uterus thus later dubbing the con- the condition hysteria to treat hysteria egyptian doctors prescribed various medications for example doctors put strong smelling substances on the patient's vulvas to encourage the uterus <laughs> to return to its proper position <laughs> What? <laughs> so they just what? Like they put a bit of garlic up your vag so that your so. uterus would smell it and come back. Yeah, I think so. Oh my god. That was oh my, to and- be fair, I've got a link here. It's literally from the Hysteria Wikipedia page because uh who needs to read um proper academic articles? But um, I'm also looking at that, that hysteria wandering uterus idea was actually way older than I said it was. It's that's like 1900 BC, so like that is old shit. Yeah, that is like and then it... preceding Jesus Christ, you know. But at the same time, <laughs> like it would not surprise me if that was still 1950 because they were <laughs> they were still really stupid and they still are. And also, if you look at the bottom, another tactic was to smell or swallow unsavoury herbs to encourage the uterus to flee back to the lower parts of the female's abdomen. Flee back. Flee. Like, do they think it had arms and legs? Did they really think that it was, like, genuinely, like, a living thing that was inside Like, I'm just imagining a little uterus. Like, you know the little um, fallopian tubes and the way they hold on to the, like, egg sac things? Um, I know nothing about my own anatomy, apparently, because I think that women have egg sacs. But I'm imagining those as little arms, like, swimming through... I've got like a little image of in my head of like those are the arms and it's got little like stick figure legs and a little smiley face <laughs> like that <laughs> that's what I'm picturing it also says here on this on Wikipedia it says the oldest record of hysteria dates back to 1900 BC when Egyptians recorded behavioural abnormalities in adult women on medical papyrus and I'm just imagining them drawing like a little you know because it was like hieroglyphics and stuff <laughs> Oh I'm God, just imagining yeah. like how they would draw that. Like, were they drawing a, a crazy little uterus or something? <laughs> yeah, were they just drawing like, a uterus with little angry eyebrows? <laughs> the Egyptians' like explanation for hysteria was apparently like the inability to bear children or the failure to get married. What the fuck? That's all we're good for. What the fuck? <laughs> That also brings me round to the fact that, like, if you scroll down, it says, like, historical treatments, one of which is childbirth. How did they come to this conclusion? It was just an excuse 
for the doctor to tell the husband, yeah, you just need to fuck her a bit more. And the husband's like, nice! <laughs> yeah, it's another excuse for men to like walk home and be like, the prescription is sex. <laughs> that was a real thing, though. Um, I'll just find a bit, but that was actually, that was a thing. Um, oh my god. So, on Wikipedia as well, it's, it says, female hysteria was once a common medical diagnosis for women, which was described as exhibiting a wide array of symptoms. So already from that, we know they're just, it's just woman problems. You know when you've got your period and you're like, this happened a lot in school, I find, but like when you really need to go to the toilet and you had a male teacher who wouldn't fucking let you go to the toilet. Yeah. And then you're like, but I'm having woman problems. And they're like, okay, make it quick. Yeah. You know? That's what hysteria is, just woman problems. <laughs> Like, I, I don't think I ever, act, like, actively had to say, like, women problems. I think I would just sort of look at the teacher in a certain way and, and sort of be like, like, my eyes sort of said it all. Or, like, I'd be, like, physically in pain or something. Um, so I, I, I've never actively had to say it to a teacher, but I think I'm pretty sure there have been times when I've heard other students have to say it to a teacher. Why are we bitching about school? Like, I'm literally 21 <laughs> years old. <laughs> I turned 20 in like five days like I'm pitching about school we should not be this upset about school we never have to go back there I mean I feel like it's just because we're so heavily traumatized <laughs> I have school trauma British school trauma <laughs> I have why are you wearing white socks trauma <laughs> yeah why is your shirt untucked trauma <laughs> oh my god no do you want to get into some of the symptoms of hysteria with me right now yes yes i would before we do that i have a like a point that i think i saw i can't remember where i saw it probably tiktok that's where i get most of my information these days uh-huh. but apparently like uh hysteria if it's like that like the symptoms of hysteria are more like if you were to put it onto a current mental health diagnosis they're the symptoms not all of them obviously but like the the ones that are actually slightly worrying um are more linked to things like bpd or or like a personality disorder yeah um which both men and women can get but bpd is also statistically more common in women yeah Uh, that's an interesting thing though because i don't know if bpd is more common in women but because I was I was reading something about VPD the other day as well, is that it seems to me as though women commonly get misdiagnosed with BPD when actually they have ADHD or autism or even on a much further end of that scale, psychopathy. Yeah, because, yeah definitely. Because people, all of the research into like, there's a podcast I was listening to, um... Oh, I can't remember the name of it. The editing voice of God comes to tell you that the podcast episode was Tenfold More Wicked Presents Wicked Words with Dr. Catherine Ramsland and Kate Winklet-Dawson discussing the BTK killer. And she was talking about Dennis Rader, who's a really famous serial killer. And she was talking about how there's almost no research into female psychopaths because when this research began, men who were researching into it, because obviously it was the medical field, so it was all men, they couldn't, yeah. they kind of couldn't bear the thought that women could be like that. You know, mothers yeah. and children and wives and sisters and protective, nurturing individuals could actually be psychopaths like all these horrible men. Yeah. So they kind of just let it slide. Like, or w- women couldn't, you know, 
women couldn't be like that. It's, it's not a woman yeah. thing. Women are nurturing. Women are good. But it was actually and, almost like a fear thing, really. And also, like most medical books and and journals and and things that are taught in medical school are written by and for the white man. A hundred percent, and that also disproportionately affects black women who are. Yeah. I believe. I think I saw on Twitter a statistic about black women being statistically the most likely to die in childbirth in yeah, America. that's terrifying. But obviously, I don't know. I can't back that up with facts because I don't have the facts here and now. But I've seen that I quite mean, often on Twitter. You know, women get treated like anno- being annoying if we complain of pain and nobody really wants to listen to us or give us a diagnosis because they just think we're all being dramatic but black women have that like times 10 because yeah people statistically like underestimate black people's ability like to feel pain like I know that those are statistics as well and that obviously disproportionately affects women so it kind of like it's just it just never ends like the misogyny is absolutely rife and then you get to the fact that white men still even when you feel so devalued as a white woman in like in medical settings the white men are still looking at you with much in a much more appreciative and kind way than they would a black woman or any other woman of color and it's just fucked up it's the same it's the same with um heart attacks in uh black women as well that apparently like generally in in women like it's uh, ignored that like women will come in with because uh heart attack symptoms for men and women are drastically different oh yeah can't you just Um, have like a tummy ache yeah that your your symptoms are so different to the typical like left arm hurting and stuff yeah like i've heard of women having heart attacks and mistaking it as just period cramps yeah yeah which is so scary but like uh it's it's particularly bad with um, women of colour because they like they have that ignored for women but then also like they have that thing on top of like that racism that like they're just being ignored and not listened to and that pain isn't real and stuff that they have that like double whammy of like they're a woman that like the book isn't written for them but they're also being told that it's not real and it's all in their head and it's like what the fuck that is just so fucked up yeah that's it that's what you find with like people who have like like endometriosis and like as someone who uh, i'm also currently trying to get a diagnosis of endometriosis yeah um like doing the research is terrifying because like uh apparently it takes 20 like an average of 25 GPs in 10 years is normal for an endometriosis diagnosis, which is terrifying because in 10 to 15 years, I could be infertile. Like, yeah. that is just terrifying to me. That, like, I like I started experiencing, like, traumatically painful period pains to the point that, like, my mum considered calling the ambulance numerous times. Yeah. Like, since I was about 15, maybe? Maybe 14? Yeah. And I went to the doctors about it, and 
I get just prescribed like extra strong painkillers and told, oh, it's just bad pain, period pains. That's all it is. It's bad period pains. I'm like, but what's causing them? Like somebody tell me what's causing them and help me. Don't just tell me, oh, you just need painkillers because you just got abnormally bad periods. Like, no, do the fucking investigation. Listen to me and my fact my pain is real and shortcut that 10 years and 25 GPs for me. What? Yeah, it's the same for me because like, well, it's not the same thing because I don't, I don't really have particularly bad period pains, but I don't like to take painkillers generally because I find mm. that, it, I don't know, it's like an anxiety thing, I think. I don't like taking painkillers because I worry that if I numb pain too much, I'm going to miss signals from my body. I get yeah, headaches as well. Like, I don't like, I'm like, what, if, if I, my body's in pain because my body's trying to tell me something like there's a reason I'm in pain so I need to feel the pain in case it gets worse or in case it gets better I can't just numb it which is stupid and it's just anxiety but that's how I am it is understandable that like it does make sense that that's what pain is for in your body but uh, painkillers do definitely help me yeah I mean I'm not saying that you should stop taking painkillers oh yeah yeah, (laughs) for me I I have bad period pains but not that not so bad but I just kind of feel them and get through it because they're obviously not as bad as yours but um with like because i'm pretty sure i have um pmdd which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder Mm. because every single time my period comes i am so depressed that all i can think about is like how worthless life is all like for a straight week Mm. there's nothing i want to do I'm having absolutely no fun being alive. <laughs> like I, I could have a panic attack on the spot. Like I, I have like really bad issues with it, and like sometimes it can become like thoughts of suicide or self harm and stuff like that, just purely because my period is coming. And then I get my period, and I'm like, okay, it's fine now because it it starts the cycle again. And it's just one of those really bizarre things because it's so hard. It's been very hard for me to get diagnosed with that because when I go to the doctor and I say, oh, I have really bad premenstrual symptoms, they'll just be like, oh, you have really bad PMS. Yeah. Mm. Oh, your period's painful. Your period's heavy. Here you go. Here's the pill. And I don't fucking want to go on the pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be on the pill. I've been on the pill before. It was horrible. On the other end of that, like, I went on the pill for a little bit in my life I think it was about I think a space of must have been only about six months and being on the pill was causing me such extreme levels of depression and like suicidal thoughts and everything at the whole shebang that I actually went to the doctors I was like this is fucking me off like this is breaking my brain I need to go off it and they were just like Oh, okay. That's just depression. Here's some. Here's a card for some therapy, and that you can sort out yourself. And I'm like, excuse me. I'm coming here telling you that I basically want to kill myself because of this medication, and you're just like, oh, it's just you're fine. Just go off yeah. the pill. What? They're so, they're so desperate to just get us all on the pill so that they don't have to deal with unwanted pregnancies. Yeah. And it's like, well, we are fertile a few days of every month until we're about 50 men are fertile all the fucking time forever Mm. so why are we on the pill yeah tell me tell me why it makes no sense it's another system of control it's like 
they put it on us they gave it to us like some kind of almighty savior of you guys can take control of your contraceptives like woo girl power feminism it's not really feminism though is it because we have to do all this shit and we have to take all the responsibility and men Mm. just get to come in us and come all <laughs> over us and fucking come in our faces and come everywhere and not yeah. worry and we have to be worried all the time and if you end up yeah. getting pregnant because you missed a pill or whatever it's all your fucking fault and it's like no yeah and and also like one thing i find so annoying about the pill is that the reason that there's not more research done into finding a better method for us than the pill or things like that is because um, it, it the symptoms of the pill aren't are seen as less bad or less as a less of, less of sorry less of a risk than pregnancy and the symptoms of pregnancy because that's how a lot of medications work with other like illnesses yeah is that like the 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 medications risks are less risky than the illness. So they give the medication. And that's why there's not more research done into the pill because doctors are like, oh, well, the risks are less than like the risks of pregnancy. Like, it, like same yeah. with that. Like, you get blood clots on the pill, but you get more, you're more likely to get a blood clot during pregnancy. So it's like, okay, so we'll just give you the pill because it's less risky. Yeah, but, but that's, that's so that's, stupid. That's the issue. It's like they're treating pregnancy as though it's any other illness. Pregnancy yeah. is its own fucking thing. Like, pregnancy. Exactly. Could, I can understand. Like, it, you know, I recently did like workplace training, and one of the things that it pointed out was that pregnancy by law is treated like a disability. Like, you have to treat people. Like it's considered like a like a factor for like discrimination, so it's kind of treated like a dis- it's in that category of like disabilities and stuff like that, um, which makes sense and that is good because you know if something affects pregnant women or pregnant people, like you have to kind of take that into consideration. But treating it the same as any other disability or illness is not like yeah. pregnancy is a very different thing like exactly it's a very different thing like you're being a, a giver of life like you're being yeah. you know like it's not it's not it's, just the same as like if you had if you were being medicated for any other illness like it's not yeah like thing. it's it's a biological thing that we all have to go through as as people with uteruses that like it's it's not just like a broken leg or like internal bleeding or something it's like it is a biological thing that just has to happen to us yeah like periods like have to happen to us and like pregnancy is something that like our body is designed for we don't have to obviously get pregnant but like it, it biologically we're designed for it yeah like so it shouldn't be treated like an illness it should be treated like a biological process yeah and it's one of those things again of like it's 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 men's fault that it happens to us like it's on them but you are the one that has to deal with it you have to deal with you know i'm the one that would have to deal with it really um yeah you know all they have to do is be a pillar of support for you financially emotionally romantically whatever while you're pregnant all they have to do is be a pillar of support and like uh, i don't know give you a foot rub 
they have to nut in you and then be a pillar of support. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh my god. Like, it, it, the, 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 uh, the best analogy that I've seen of it is like that the ammo should be taken out of the gun, not put a bulletproof vest on women. Yeah, that, like, that is a really good, I think that's a really good way of putting it. Because that it's like, like, why is that my responsibility? Again, it's because yeah. if if the pill was for men, um, they probably wouldn't be on it. Because, again, they don't actually have to deal with pregnancy, really. And men can, you know, it actually does happen that men get women pregnant and then they run away and never deal with what they've done women Mm. have to deal with it in the immediate whether you have to deal with going to have an abortion um and the repercussions of that on you emotionally and physically or if you have to deal with you know bringing a baby into the world Mm. and and Um, the one the one argument that i've seen a man sort of put forward to me about why they'd be sort of slightly questioning of the pill if they if there was a male contraceptive pill available is that they would be like oh but what about my like this the the side effects like i don't know whether i trust the side effects and then i i I sort of put forward to them i was like you are aware the 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 extensive list of side effects there is for the female contraceptive pill and it's like you can get depression, blood clots, temporary blindness. Like there are some weird <laughs> yeah. ones on that list. And it's yeah, like it's bizarre. Okay, the, okay, I understand your worry there. That's a perfectly fair worry. However, you have to acknowledge the fact that there's just the same amount, if not more, side effects for the female contraceptive pill that are ignored. Yeah. Continuously. And it's yet, just it, it's like. But I understand, like, the logic of saying it makes sense for women to have that barrier up because pregnancy happens to women physically. So it makes sense that women are medicated because we are the pregnant ones or, you know, people with uteruses, mm. you know, anyone that can have a baby, basically. We we take the pill because we have to deal with the pregnancy. That would make sense, right, logically. Mm. However, it doesn't really... Because it's like you said, the ammo, the gun, the bullet, proof vest. But like, it it shouldn't be that way. It would be a lot easier if it was men, because they are the ones that cause the fucking pregnancies, not the ones that deal with it. But they don't respect us enough to just do that, to just take that L and go on the pill, you know? Well, it's not just that. It's more that, like, that it's not seen as a risk for men, so it's not being developed as a drug. Mm. That, like... It's seen as a risk for women to get pregnant because, yeah. it's, you know, it's a risky thing to get pregnant. Whereas it's, it's not seen as a risk for men to nut. So exactly. it's like the, the, the pill for men or contraceptive methods for men that are easier and better are just aren't being developed. And that's the problem yeah. there is that there needs to be a revamp of medical reasons for medications to be made or researched yeah. so we can get better contraceptives. And also the fact that, like, poorer countries need better contraceptives that are easier yeah. to take that that would stop you know unwanted ch- children and like m- women falling ill because of pregnancy and things like that and like it, there needs to be better contraception for men available that 
can be given to poorer parts of the world and yeah. more privileged parts of the world because it, like we all have that problem of like but still children. that that is still the issue the issue is is giving it to men because they won't use it because it feels much nicer without a condom actually and then they don't have mm. to deal with the fact that she might get pregnant that's the that's what it comes down to it's almost like there's yeah. no way out you know like we shouldn't be on the pill men should be on the pill okay we've made a male pill all the men can go on the pill they won't fucking take it they don't respect us enough well yeah i think it, it's not necessarily respect i think for some men it's definitely that they don't respect us but i think yeah. for some men it's like they they worry about their health or like they're like oh i don't feel safe on this pill or whatever it's like okay well i don't feel safe on the pill like i i i i if i take the pill i give myself depression like Excuse me, I am giving myself depression so you can nut in me. Shut up and take it. When I was on it, I was angry all the time. I was really angry and really anxious and just... I could have... I could have... If I'd stayed on that pill much longer, I either would have killed somebody else or killed myself. Truly. Mm. I wanted to... I was so... I wanted to get so violent at people. It was crazy. I don't know. Maybe it was like a serial killer moment in the making good, good thing I, mean, I came off it or i might be a serial killer now apparently the pill is meant to I, I might be wrong here obviously but um it's meant to mimic symptoms of preg- pregnancy <laughs> so like you're essentially being like people who take the pill for like 30 years they're essentially being pregnant for 30 years That's of their so life funny because what if one day when i actually do get pregnant <laughs> i feel really bad for my boyfriend <laughs> i'm gonna be just throwing shit at him all the time i'm gonna be a mess because like I, I the pill gave me depression and like made me a horrible human so <laughs> oh god i feel I feel bad for both our future spouses. <laughs> I can be your surrogate if you want a really angry baby. <laughs> um, you just anyway, really angry children. We went on like a, literally a thirty-minute tangent, which I love. We by did. the way, that's what it's all I about. Well. Um, just it women is. going on tangents. That's what we want in this world. And being listened to as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. There's no men here to interrupt us. Even if only, like, yeah. three people listens to this episode, I don't really give a shit because no men interrupted this conversation at all. There's also no men to, like, sh- like throw random, like, derailers into the conversation yeah. and, and change the And make the it subject. about Star Wars or something. Yeah. Or Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you like to find out whether or not you have hysteria? Uh sure is, is that like a test or? no it's just a list of symptoms so i thought we could just have a little discussion of each one because yes. some of them are really funny let's do that the first symptom listed here is anxiety y- yes i yeah. have a i have a diagnosed uh, generalized anxiety and panic that's exactly disorder, what so, i have yeah. as well so i think maybe we both have hysteria yeah, I think I, that's it. I don't think we need to go any further. We both have hysteria, and and uh, anxiety diagnoses are wrong, and we just have hysteria. Yep, they need to cut my uterus out and give me a lobotomy. Shortness of breath, <laughs> which let me just point out for this whole podcast, I've had I've had shortness of breath 
because I'm sitting in a chair instead of laying in my bed, which is not it, honestly, because my chair's really not comfortable. I get shortness of breath, like, all the time anyway, because of, like, uh, a medical issue. So maybe that my doctors are wrong. It, it's not what they think it is. It's hysteria. Someone was talking about it on TikTok the other day. I have, like, a phantom breathing problem where I'll breathe in a really big breath, but it's like my lungs just won't fill up. That is bizarre. I mean, you're not a doctor, so I don't know why I'm telling you this. <laughs> but <laughs> apparently it's a phantom thing. I don't have a lung problem or a breathing problem. It's just something that people think that they have and it's not real. So it sounds like <laughs> I'm kind of being gaslit by medical people. Yeah, that, but okay. that just sounds like men don't want to listen to you or diagnose you. Yeah, that's misogyny, honestly. Yep. Everything's misogyny. If if I don't like yep. it, it's misogyny. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think we should start doing that. We should call everything misogynistic, no matter whether it is or isn't. Yeah, everything's misogynistic. Yeah. Okay, the third symptom is fainting. Have you ever fainted? I do on a regular basis. I have postural orthostatic tachycardia. Okay, I don't know what <laughs> word you just said, but you have hysteria, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever fainted. I came close once when I had a blood test. I mean, it literally just, like, if your eyes just suddenly go black and, like, you you just... It's like someone's closed the curtains on your eyes and you just sort of fall to the floor. It's very weird. It's very weird. Yeah. I was laying down when I had my blood test. I'm pretty sure if I'd been stood up, it wouldn't have been so pretty. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the next symptom is sexual desire. Um, have you ever had sex? Yes. You have hysteria. Does that <laughs> does that mean like being horny? Um. Well, sexual desire. The definition pops up and it says sexual desire is a motivational state and an interest in sexual objects or activities, or as a wish or drive to seek out sexual objects or to engage in sexual activities. Right. So just being a human, just just being a human being wanting to breed. Have you ever? looked at your partner and gone um i feel as though i would like to have sex with you right now yes i i must have hysteria then you've got hysteria i've got hysteria for shawzies oh my god (laughs) yeah we're hysteria isn't it women aren't allowed to want to have sex this is one of those examples of like women having sexual desire means that they're crazy because men only like sex if it's rape yeah yeah men, men only like sex if they want it that's all I'm seeing here. I know that's a broad statement, but I'm not saying that all well, no, men but... only want to rape us because like, I have a boyfriend who actually doesn't rape me. But like, that's an example of like men wanting control. And when women show that they want, or, you know, in the past at least, because, you know, we don't really use terms like hysteria anymore in a medical context. Mm. But like, that's an example of ways in which men have just wanted control over women. So when women say yeah, actually, I really want to have sex. I'm really feeling sexual desire for you right now. They stop liking it because they still want their women to be virginal even when they're having sex with her. But I, that that whole thing was probably made ten times worse by things like porn. Mm-hmm. The, like, the, the, the idea that men want sex from women when either women don't want it or when women are being, like, submissive and not showing that mm-hmm. they like it. And it's like... Okay, I understand yeah. the dom sub thing a little bit, but like, 
porn takes it to the next level and makes it wrong. So it would be like, oh, yeah. going on my stepsister while she's asleep or whatever. And like, it's just not right. This is literally making rape look sexy. This is literally making lack of consent sexy. It's just wrong. And it's also an industry that is so directed towards the desires of men. And and often 100%. men with men men with like sort of fucked up skewed views of sex. Yeah. That like there's some men obviously out there that don't have those views and don't want to rape, obviously, like we both have boyfriends. Like, yeah. <laughs> but but there's a whole massive group of men that either subconsciously or consciously like that and it's fucked up. <laughs> I'm definitely forgiving of the kind of subconscious nature of it because when I think our generation have this worse than any others to be honest I think we've got this specific thing I'm about to talk about worse than millennials and that's unauthorized access to the internet like oh yeah definitely watching porn from a really young, young age like I had a friend show me porn for the first time when we were literally like 10 years old and like mm. It, that immediately ruins it like it completely skews your view of sex um and i think the way that affects young men is really really dangerous and i used to really yeah. like be quite flippant about it but then i remember like ted bundy who was a serial killer for anyone who may or may not bother to listen to this um <laughs> this is actually so much more fun when you pretend you have an audience of millions that's what makes yeah. it interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah Ted, Bundy, <laughs> Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy, the serial killer, he essentially said that the reason he had such an, like, a fixation with like killing women and sexualizing them and stuff like that was because of porn. Like, he blamed porn. Um, yeah. And I think it was kind of pushed as kind of like a Christian angle of like, porn is the devil. But like, that is probably true. Let's be honest, a lot of male yeah. serial killers, like Dennis Rader, who I mentioned earlier, like, he liked to kill people because it was erotic for him. He didn't, like, have sex with any of the people he killed, but it was an erotic feeling to have that power yeah. and control over them. And that is such an ingrained thing, and, like, pornography makes that so much worse, because it's all about men having power and control. That's why, like, you know, just the idea of a facial coming on a woman's face... That is so fucking degrading. Yeah. But yeah. they, it's almost as if men can't help wanting to do that to you because it's what yeah, they've it's, seen as sexy since they were children. Seeing it's so normalised. Like, it's so normalised for, like, 12-year-old boys to watch porn yeah. and be open about it. and How? and 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 the fact that, like, that skews their view of sex. And then it's also so normalised for all these weird parts of porn, like like you say like coming on someone's face or like like i can't think of any other examples but like you know my my point that like <laughs> yeah. there's so many weird parts of sex not weird but like unusual avenues of sex that are normalized and and seen as the norm and what's expected of women and it's like uh, i don't want to do something some of those things yeah, well, honestly, in my opinion, cum is fucking disgusting. Like, I hate it. It's so disgusting. I don't want it near me. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to see it. It's gross. And I, I feel like the first time, the first time I was with a boy and he came, I, it was like a culture shock. 
I was like, this is so gross. Like, I didn't think it would be this fucking bad because I'd seen cum in porn. I'd seen people have cum on their face in porn. I'd seen people swallow cum in porn. And the first time a boy came, I was like, oh, that is fucking disgusting. Like, why does it smell so bad? And I know, like, I don't know, people will probably be like, cum actually isn't supposed to smell bad. You're just dating guys with really bad diets. But, like, so it's gross. But I think it, that what's gross about it is not necessarily the, 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 the cum itself. I think it's more that like it's normalised, that it'll go in people's faces, in people's mouths and stuff like that. Like, that that's just why. It's okay that it is a bit gross because it's only supposed to go inside my vagina where I won't have to even worry about it. But the fact that it ends up on my face or my boobs or anywhere else and then I have to like deal with it there that's what's gross i think yeah i think so yeah because it's not necessarily the actual substance it's like it's why do you want to put it in my mouth (laughs) like no yeah anyway uh back to the uh symptom list the next symptom was nervousness isn't that just like essentially linked to anxiety though well, no, I feel like anxiety is like panic attacks and nervousness is oh, okay, just yeah. being a bit nervous, you know? So have you ever been nervous? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you have hysteria then. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the next one is insomnia. I feel like m- most people throughout their life experience either like temporary mis- insomnia. Yeah, some like, kind of sleeplessness is basically yeah. what the definition is. yeah. Oh my god. So if you've ever struggled getting to sleep, you've got hysteria. Yeah. But if men struggle to get to sleep, they have insomnia. Yeah. That's how the world works. The next one's really weird, but it's fluid retention. What does it even mean by that? Fluid retention is basically like um swelling. So it's kind of like you get like, a bit swollen and like squishy. I can't explain what I mean. I I can't I kinda get what you mean. Your body like, is essentially retaining too much water, so you kind of swell up. Old people get it, I think, normally. Yeah. Like, older people can get it, and they, they their, like, legs swell. I swear that that should be, like, looked into more as, like, not hysteria, though. Like, if, if I was, obviously, like, a male doctor back in the in that time period... <laughs> if you were a male doctor in 1942 or whenever... Yeah, and I saw, like, that as a symptom, I wouldn't link it to hysteria. I mean, you would, though, because you don't care about women's health if you're a doctor in the early 20th century. True, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? Like, some guy could not be bothered to help a woman, so he just put it down as hysteria. The wandering yeah. uterus was actually causing the retention. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, the next one was heaviness in the abdomen. And that doesn't have a definition, just, like, heaviness in, heaviness in the abdomen. Like, what does, does that, that mean? Does that mean, like, a stomach ache? I don't know. Heaviness. I don't get what that even is referring to. Like, are they talking about, either. like, a, a little, like, fat pouch that you might have there? Like, a, a chubby belly? Like, I, what is that heaviness? Or is the heaviness just, like pain uh, or that pressure so, that's such a weird like wording like i know what because like, like i know that the um like you know how you have like naturally a bit of like natural padding in front of your uterus in your stomach yeah that's what my mind sort of slightly went to yeah but then to me that 
that TikTok trend makes me laugh so much because I see so many women being like, it's okay that you have this little pouch covering your uterus. It doesn't mean you're fat. And then I'm there like, okay, but I have the biggest pouch you've ever seen covering my uterus and I actually might be a bit fat, but thanks for the update. And it makes me laugh so much. (laughs) It's like so many women have to reassure themselves that they're not fat all the time. And it never, it's just, it's just like, you know what? If you were fat though, it would be okay. (laughs) Like it's so funny. I I feel like uh, when like that, like that sort of pouch of, protection of the uterus is talked about i feel like it should be spoken about in like a different way that's not sort of fat phobic yeah like i feel like it should be spoken about in a way that's just like you just have natural padding there and everyone does but it's not fat like it's not like they shouldn't call it fat no they should just call it like padding because that's technically what it is it's like a protective layer yeah of of whatever that like I feel like it just shouldn't be spoken about in a fat. Yeah, and do you know what? It, you do have a layer of fat there, and that's fine. Like I have many layers of fat there, and that's also fine. <laughs> like it's so funny. It's like yeah, because I I can't have a thing of being like, oh my god, I hate people like that. They're so annoying. They hate fat people. What? Why are they so fat phobic? Because fat phobia is another thing that's so ingrained in young women. Like just can't be avoided. Because, like, you'll see the way that women talk about themselves and the way that, like, young people talk about themselves as being fat is just so bizarre. And it's so horrible. Because it's just, like... It's like, we just have bodies, like, and that's okay. It just should be your body. It should be, like, your body, your vessel. Like, it shouldn't be mine's better, yours is worse, or anything. Like, it should literally just be your body that you just live in just new yeah like no body positivity no i'm beautiful and fat just or i'm beautiful and i'm thin or i'm beautiful and i have an hourglass figure or i'm beautiful and i don't have an hourglass figure or i'm beautiful and i have this problem or this thing it's like how about we all just have bodies and only worry Mm. about them when we have a physical ailment that needs medical attention (laughs) exactly i wish it could just be like that but it's so like ingrained yeah, oh, especially with like the fashion industry and stuff. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. that's a whole other topic for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've got, covered like eight topics. Next hysteria symptom is yes. So we covered heaviness in the abdomen, which we've decided is just fat phobia. Um, and then we've got <laughs> irritability. Uh, I feel like irritability really depends on the other person that's being irritating. <laughs> like, I don't think irritability is like... That's the thing. Like, some guy wheeled his wife up to an asylum and said, she's got hysteria because she's getting pissed off at me. But in fact, he was just being really annoying. Yeah. Like, have you considered that maybe I'm being irritable because you're being irritating? Yeah. <laughs> like... Have you considered that? Like, I I think so many people are so quick to label um, a woman being irritable with like uh, her period or pregnancy or something like that, and they they fail to think that like maybe she's just having a bad day and is struggling to regulate her reactions to something that you are doing. You're still doing something there yeah. that is obviously being irritating or pissing her off. So maybe reflect on that before you start calling her irritating. Not, not irritating, irritable. And 
acknowledge that you may actually still be doing something that she's not just irritable for no fucking reason yeah the women get the blame for everything don't they that's the thing they really do blame for fucking everything men can be so annoying and it's just still your fault for being annoyed yeah um the next one is absolutely hilarious to me because it's a loss of appetite for food all sex all sex yeah why are food and sex put in the same category i don't know losses loss of appetite for food or sex so if you don't want to eat, then you've got hysteria. If you don't want to have sex, you've got hysteria. But also sexual desire do. means you have hysteria. That's weird. And then the next symptom after that on the list is sexually forward behaviour. So it seems like they just want to punish women for doing anything except have submissive sexual relations with men. Yes. So if you want sex, you have hysteria. And if you yeah. don't want sex, you have hysteria. And if you're forward about wanting sex, you have hysteria. But if you're so not forward about wanting sex, you have hysteria. So just women, just breathing. Yeah. All they want you to do is lay there, stick your bum in the air and whimper like a little dog. Like, that's what they really want, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> like, that's that's the cure to hysteria. <laughs> just doggy style. Literally. <laughs> um... marks and it just Mm. says a tendency to cause trouble for others (laughs) are you a little troublemaker are you a naughty little girl (laughs) well you've got hysteria oh my god that's amazing so if you're just you misbehave like who i want to find the source for that the source for that was a 1999 article i think called the technology of orgasm hysteria the vibrator and women's sexual satisfaction so it's by a woman as well i mean i'm guessing because it says rachel mains is the name of the person so i trust that source because a woman wrote it (laughs) also i've got another list here of other uh, symptoms of hysteria historical oh. symptoms oh let's go through you've already done shortness of breath anxiety insomnia fainting but there's apparently a lot more there's amnesia paralysis pain just pain <laughs> spasms con- convulsive fits vomiting deafness bizarre movements <laughs> what does that mean seizures hallucinations Inability to speak and infertility. What? (laughs) I think bizarre (laughs) movements is my favourite. Like any, like find me in a nightclub. I've got hysteria. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm just really shit at dancing. We once went to like a two thousands club night thing. I, I mean, it Mm. wasn't. We went to backers, and it happened to be like two thousands night. Um, and I was so fucking excited to be drunk and listening to paramore yeah and i definitely had some bizarre movements that night so i think <laughs> backers gave me hysteria i think any time i've been inside a club i i have done some bizarre movements to indicate hysteria oh my god it's like enter the building and it's hysteria just all comes out but my also my other one that's my favorite mm-hmm. is just pain just simple pain i can any complain kind of, pain. of like like foot cramp and they're like <laughs> you know what you got hysteria there's something interesting to me about spasms and convulsions too because it's like well do you not think she might have i don't know 
epilepsy or something. Yeah. Or, or she's prone to seizures. Imagine you're just like out and about or you're at work or you're at school or uni or whatever and a woman drops to the floor and starts having convulsions or spasms and uh, a doctor runs over and just goes, okay, it's hysteria. (laughs) (laughs) They're just standing over this woman having spasms like, quick, quick, get me the vibrator. (laughs) Oh my God. Just intensively starts like trying to give her an orgasm. Because that is the next thing, is like the cures that they had to hysteria. Oh my god, yeah, I've got a hysteria as well. It was categorised as a disease, but hysteria's oh. symptoms were synonymous with normal functioning female sexuality. Oh my god. It is quite funny to think that because women didn't match up to the, the same day-to-day attitude as men, that they just thought we were all ill. Yeah, it's almost like men have tried so hard to understand women... And got it so wrong through our history that, like, that that they couldn't just fathom the idea that we just run on a different cycle, that we're just mm. different biologically. It's mad. Yeah. And um, coming back to when we were talking about it, uh, ancient Egypt and ancient Greece, yes. there's um, something here It says that in ancient Greece, hysteria was referred to as the widow's disease. Because the female semen was believed to turn venomous if not released through regular climax or intercourse. The female semen. So if she didn't have a husband, she, she there's no way that she could have regular climaxes on her own. Men have to do that to us. Uh, and it would turn venomous and make you ill. But what do they mean by female semen? Are they talking about like when you get wet? I think so. Is that what they mean by female semen? That what they're talking about is that nice pussy juice. <laughs> wet ass pussy. <laughs> Did she, careful, careful! She has a whap. It's gonna be venomous. <laughs> oh um, it says the retention of menstrual blood in the womb was a key problem as well. So, what they referred to as like the the female semen was female seed. So I think that is just the WAP. Wait, so that's, does that mean that if we... Like, obviously, when you go through menopause, you stop having periods. Does that mean that when women went through menopause, they believed it to be another symptom? I don't know. Maybe that's why it was called the widow's disease. Because when you've stopped yeah. having periods, you've got your menstrual blood retained within you. Yeah. Who knows? Um. Also, in the list of, like historical treatments i've got here the top one is regular marital sex the fact that they specified that it has to be marital that you can't have unmarital or whatever it's called you can't have yeah because if you're a slut then uh (laughs) that's also a symptom of hysteria so you only have to have sex with your husband so if an unmarried woman has hysteria she's fucked then isn't she She's never going to get a cure. You've got to get married and have sex to cure it. There's no way out. <laughs> the other cures are pregnancy, childbirth, orgasms, or rest. I love how extreme it goes from, like, pregnancy. Literally, like, pregnancy and childbirth to just rest. Like, it's either yeah. pushing a baby out or lying down in a bed. Like, make up your minds. Make it make sense. Yeah. I don't know. I personally think that women should just get to go to sleep when they're on the period. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I second that. But yeah, 
cure was marital sex only. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's literally it's medical excuse to have to to rape women. It, it's just so fucked up. It's just fucking bizarre. And like also another cure for it or prob- way to solve the problem was the big one, which is lobotomies, where they essentially just do a transorbital um, psychosurgery and they get an ice pick and shove it through your eye and, like, w- wiggle it about to fuck around in your prefrontal cortex. I'm trying to do all the medical words and I just can't. They basically, they shove a stick up your nose yeah, or because... your eyeball into your brain and fuck you up and then you are you don't have hysteria anymore because you're just a sex-making, dinner-cooking robot for men. Yeah, you're literally a sex vegetable. <laughs> it was really hard to find, like, one statistic about it because it was all, like, country-specific. But most of the time, hysteria was diagnosed in Western Europe um, and so lobotomies were done in Western Europe but also in America. Um, and it's looking like between 74 to 85% of all lobotomies were done just on women. So that was definitely disproportionately done because women were depressed and they needed help and women were hysterical and needed their brains fixing. Yeah, that is fucked up. Yeah, because of course, you know, you know I want sex, so that means I need brain surgery through my nose because that makes total sense. Imagine that. Imagine you go to the doctor because you've got fluid retention and you keep having convulsions and they go, must be hysteria. Let me just shove this ice pick into your eyeball. (laughs) Can you imagine if that happened now? I mean, there is obviously still medical bias that exists today. We've talked about it already, but like, at least it's not that bad, I guess, question mark. At least they're yeah. not lobotomizing us it's anymore. It's a step in the right direction, I suppose. <laughs> this is what this is what men actually are like, though. Like you can talk about your your issues with like medical bias in the year twenty twenty one, and say to men, "Well, you know, I go to the doctor because I need help with managing my hormones because of uh, really bad premenstrual symptoms," and they're like, "Well, at least you're not getting lobotomized." It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> Some men probably do want to lobotomize me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, at least you're not a suffragette. And I'm like, yeah. It's like, it's like they, they shout things at you. Like, yeah. at least you're not a sh- like a suffragette. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, there are, there are so many modern issues today that we are absolutely going to end up talking about on this podcast. And like, you know, hopefully inviting other people on who will be part of art projects to talk about as well. And that is absolutely just the whole purpose of it. It's kind of like, how is that internal internal misogyny affecting, you know, you know, us as women, but also gender on the whole? Because, like, f- femininity is still definitely seen as something submissive and something yeah. bad. So it is still something that does affect men. Um, you know, especially, like, queer controlled. men or even non-binary people. Like, it affects us all. Yeah, sort of secret unconscious misogyny. It's weird. Should we wrap up this episode? Yeah, and then... I think so. I feel like we've got... We've both been diagnosed with every single symptom of hysteria, barring maybe fluid retention. And I, I've never had spasms or convulsions, so... Yeah. I don't know about you. No, I have not either. Yeah. I feel like the 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 main symptoms uh, we've got i think we've got enough symptoms checked off the list to both say we've got yeah. hysteria so um 
maybe we should we should wait till we've had our next covid vaccine and then we'll book in to get some lobotomies yes yes definitely to make sure that we're both fully cured and ready for uh marriage and uh wifery and and life as a, a a child incubator yeah yeah precisely that's what i like to hear that is our role in society <laughs> yes that's it <laughs> thank you for thank you for talking to me today darling it was it was a great it was a great experience it was a good was educational experience we we knew it so was. many perfectly researched statistics and facts um <laughs> we're so smart and uh, yeah everything we've said is true by the way <laughs> yeah exactly like we we're a source yeah. so much so that if you're writing an essay and you're using us as a source you can put us in the bibliography with yeah. that like with that what's the word trustworthy reliable reliable we it. are a reliable source yeah should i so. press stop on the recording now yeah let's yeah let's call it a day okay bye everyone